Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's going on, Fantasy Champs? Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemon with me as always. What's popping over there in the Manchester's, my guy? It's pretty lit. Pretty it's not lit. lit. Is it still no. cold up there? No. I'm not gonna lie, because I no, have no, been no. Uh, I've been freezing out down here in in Boston. For if I wake up and it's forty six degrees, and I'm like, whoa, okay, when's <laughs> well, when is I mean, summer coming? Because I'd like it to be warm. In the afternoons, it's pretty warm. I guess. It's going to be, I guess, this week, though. This week, by the time you listen to the show, it's supposed to be in the 80s. In, yeah, New England. Yeah. So, People there's in that. California are laughing at us right now. I know. It's been in the 80s for two months. <laughs> yeah. Down south. Um, but anyway, welcome on in. Uh, we got a lot to get to in this episode. Uh, we're going to talk about, and, and this is, you know, listen. People are going to start, they're going to jump in and they skip right to the, the, the rankings part and they're going to be like, oh, what the hell is this? What are these rankings? This is stupid. These people are dumb. You really would take that guy 101? This is for the 2022 fantasy football season. Redraft. Uh, redraft. Redraft. Top five rookies for redraft. Now, I'll get to the preface in a second, but that is what this is for. So if you are expecting, uh, you know, dynasty rankings for this, you're not going to get them. Um, otherwise, it would be completely, <laughs> completely different. Yes. Um, but anyway, I'd have Garrett Wilson number two. Yeah. yeah, you'd have him number one. He's in your drawers. He might be number one. Um, but anyway, Good Jets players one two. So we're gonna rank the top five rookies for 2022. Um, before we do that, check out our website, fantasychampions.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any other podcast platforms, please leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. <sighs> Yawning. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe. Click the bell for notifications, like, and comment down below any questions you may have. Um, are you ready to get it started, Rick? Let's do it. All right, so... Like I said, we're going to talk about the top five rookies for the 2022 fantasy football season. So this pertains to guys that we think have the best shot at producing fantasy football relevance in year one. Now, typically, Rick and I don't draft rookie wide receivers or tight ends or quarterbacks. Uh, and mostly, yeah. like, sometimes we'll draft a rookie quarterback, but most of the times, like, I saw people drafting Trevor, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence in the eighth. Yeah, that last, last year was, yeah. And um, that, that was just a horrible investment. We typically tell you not to draft running backs at the rookie position as long as they have opportunity or fine to draft. And we will, as the season goes along, and this year's not a great example of that because, because there was not many running backs. But we'll, as the offseason goes along, review some running backs that you can draft. And we'll talk about a few of them today. Um so typically running backs are fine, but wide receivers are usually on that list of don't draft year one. Um, and over the last couple of years, we've gotten some guys that have been very, very good. Jamar Chase was top five out the box. He came out, mm -hmm. he, they unwrapped the packaging on that guy, and he he came out as a as a number one wide receiver out the box. So, um, I, you know, I don't think there's any guys like that this year. 
There's not. We're going to try to give you some wide receivers that can can produce year one that you might see. Some guys like three years ago, you you know, you saw randomly uh, Terry McLaurin start going off in his rookie season. Yeah. And everyone was like, wow. And he was like wide receiver 17 or 16 that year. So um, I think that's what you're going to get out of some of the wide receivers in this class. So we're going to try to nail those those wide receivers for you on this. But typically we don't tell you to draft rookies, uh, especially at wide receiver, quarterback, and tight end because it doesn't usually pan out too well. But there will be mm-hmm. people who do it. Um, True. But anyway, are you ready to get to the top five rookies? Yeah, let's do it. I know, I know this league right now is blowing up. I know. I'll leave that we're in. probably going to have another yeah. other rookie draft soon, the way it's going. Let's go, dude. Um, but anyway, so we'll start at the top with number one being Brees Hall. And I think this guy's a running back if you have not done any scouting. And um, I would suggest you go watch previous shows that we've talked about Brees Hall. Um, I think to me this is the best landing spot of all the running backs. Um, and I think it's the best, not maybe not the best landing spot. Cause James Cook had a pretty darn good landing. spot. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's the best landing spot, but, but I will say, um, I will say he has, uh, it's a good landing spot in the context that he is going to get probably a majority of the work. Yeah. Um, I don't know what they're going to like, look like over there <laughs> Carter and some other guys, but I, I would anticipate he was basically a first round pick with the, with how early he went in the second round. 36 overall. Was it 35? Yeah, yeah, like so fourth pick fourth or fifth pick in the second round. So he was basically a first round pick. He's going to mm-hmm. get the work. He's the number one running back, running back off the board. Typically a good track record of producing year one. Um, if you're drafted that high. So I think Brees Hall will definitely produce like that. I don't know if this is going to be like a Najah Harris, um, who was the guy previously in the years before Josh Jacobs. Um, yeah. A guy that uh, jumps yeah. into the top 10. I, I don't know if that's mm-hmm. going to be the case because the Jets still kind of blow. And even if right. Zach kind of gets, Zach Wilson kind of gets some form of improvement. Right, Maybe right. he throws Mac Jones's numbers last year, um, which would be good. I mean, those numbers were good, but I don't know if that is going to make the Jets' offense elite. Um, mm-hmm. So, but I think Brees Hall has the best opportunity to, you know, out of the packaging, be a really good running back. Yes, yes, and redraft. I think uh, that's valid because if if Brees Hall comes right off the bat and is a top, let's say he's RB fifteen next year. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's fantastic. Um, and you're probably not going to get a top 15 wide receiver between the guys we're going to talk about. So um, mm-hmm. Paul just beats him off that. I do agree. The Jets landing spot is interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not the best, but it's not bad either. Um, I didn't like it at first. The more I thought about it, I, I was a little more inclined to it. Yeah. Um, again, it's still not the best though, but mm-hmm. you know, year one, he's going to be the, workhorse on the ground at least yeah. michael carter was a fourth round pick and he, he should flashes of being good last year but he's he's really a pass catching back mm-hmm. um and that he's gonna he's gonna still have a very um important role in the jets offense but Brees hall is gonna be the guy yeah um and they didn't add anyone else in the running back position in the offseason so it's really those two guys tevin coleman to me at this point in his career is mm-hmm. you know he's gonna be a guy who's probably a, a healthy scratch for a lot of the games yeah. um so, yeah, then it really comes down to how good the Jets' offense is, which I think we both agree it will be better. 
it's just a matter of how good is Zach Wilson going to be. Right. Um, and yeah, if he has Mac Jones like year, their Jets offense will be good. Yeah, it'll be, but good. it it won't be, you know, a top ten offense in the league. So yeah, there it does cap off a little bit. Um, but he's going to be the goal line back as well. So as long as that offense is at least half decent, he should be yeah. uh, pretty good in terms of touchdowns. Pretty good in terms of uh, carries. I think he has a little bit of a, uh, a ceiling in terms of his pass catching work, um, which is a slight concern. Um, and that that's the reason he's not in that Najee Harris level to me mm. from last year, even though I think talent wise, he, you can make the argument he's up there, but um, I would still probably say he's, he's going to end up being like a second round pick. I don't know if he should be, um, but <laughs> I know, but that's he's gonna get hyped. Yeah, um, I was gonna say too. Like, I I feel like like if he's a top twenty pick, twenty twenty four pick in in your in your redraft leagues, right? He's probably yeah. gonna be like the twelfth or fourteenth running back off the board. And I don't know, like to me, if that's the value that I want to hit because I kind of look at this guy as a mid range RB two on the Jets. And I don't know if he's going to be a top 12 running back year one. Um, right. I think he has potential to be a top 15 guy mm-hmm. um, year one, but I I just don't know if he can reach that top, you know, RB1 status. So, Sure. I mean, but either way, he's the top, top rookie. There's no questions about that. Yeah, at least for year one. Like, he has the best chance of, of producing for your fantasy team year one. Um, yes, but so this show is not about uh, whether we suggest you draft. Fantasy guys. pros have has Brees Hall RB twenty two, so that's a good spot for him. I would take him there. RB twenty two. Um, yeah, yeah, that's not bad at all. That's like uh, that's like a fourth fifth round pick. Yeah. So, I definitely think he has the best chance at producing. But let's move on to the next guy. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, number two is Trey Lon Burks. Now, typically, I would have been like, if Tennessee drafted Trey Lon Burks, I would have been like, "Gross! Wow, that's a terrible landing spot." But <laughs> yep, uh, they moved up and they traded their number one wide receiver, AJ Brown, to, yeah, to the Philadelphia Eagles to get Trey Lon Burks. Eagles were done with the uh, wide receiver carousel in the first round, so they traded their pick to get one. Um. I think this was more of a lateral move because A.J. Brown was going to cost the Titans an absurd amount of money. And I don't think that they wanted to pay that absurd amount of money for the player. Now, I think they should, but that's on yeah, the I agree. I think they should, but... That's on the Titans for making that choice. Traylon Burks, I was watching ESPN, NFL Network, uh, freaking PFF. Everyone kind of comped out Traylon Burks to A.J. Brown pre-draft, during the drafts, whatever. He's basically this, he's a similar player, play style-wise. So, I think they just traded A.J. Brown and drafted a younger version of A.J. Brown and mm-hmm. slapped him on the team. I was a, I, we both liked Traylon Burks, but I think, what was he, our fourth guy ranked? He was my third guy. Yeah, I, I, I can't remember where he was on my list. but So, we both really liked him, but... There was some drawbacks and concerns, and that we talked about how that could change 
you know, with landing spot. And I honestly, I think Traylon Burks could have the best landing spot of all the wide receivers in this year's class, with the exception of maybe like a Christian Watson or a Sky Moore, um, where if the, if those guys hit, they're going to smash. Um, but mm-hmm. the chances of them hitting in year one and getting that opportunity, I'm not sure I love. But with Traylon Burks, he literally is coming into a team that has Robert Woods, and Robert Woods is not a number one wide receiver that takes, you know, no. all of that target share. Good player, but... Yeah, he's going to get 120 to 140 targets. But <clears throat> there's still some target share in this offense for Traylon Burks to take over. So if, if I had to if I had to peg one rookie wide receiver that has a really good season in 2022 that I'm looking at as a you know as a potential upside guy like I don't know if this guy's going to go we'll see if he goes and redraft if he doesn't end up getting drafted or he gets drafted between round, rounds 10, 9 to 15 and doesn't produce week 1 or 2 I could see him as a waiver wire ad early in the season where people are like, holy crap, Traylon Burks and, and pick him up. And then all of a sudden he just goes bonkers, you know, for most of the season. So um, I think he has the best chance of succeeding year one among the rookie wide receivers, just because of his landing spot and the sheer opportunity. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if this is a hundred percent right. Um, so I take it with a grain of salt, but what I'm about to say. But I believe the Titans have 350 vacated targets this year because Julio, Julio and AJ Brown are gone. So uh, yeah, Robert Woods is definitely gonna take some of that. But my gosh, is there any other rookie receiver who just walks into an opportunity where he yeah. could be the wide receiver one, other than Traylon Burks? And now I, I, you know, I like Burks. And like you were saying, he was your wide receiver four, my wide receiver three, I believe, uh, pre-draft. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's not as good as AJ Brown, right? We we obviously know that. So right. he's not going to slide in and be a top five, six wide receiver in fantasy. No, but he might but, get 150 targets. I don't know if he gets 150 targets, but he's going to get over 100 for sure. I'm I'm yeah. thinking like 110, 115, 120. Yeah. Um. No, that's a that's a that's a safe a safe estimate. Yeah. With the 335 I mean, vacated targets. Where do you think he's going to be ranked? Do you think he's going to be a top 20 fantasy receiver? He could. Not ranked-wise, but I yeah. think he could end up yeah, I think he could finish as a top 20 wide receiver. I would put him in my top 23, 24, looking at a list here. Yeah. Um, In the range, like, Brandon Cooks right now is wide receiver 22. Uh, Jerry Judy's wide receiver 23, Crowe and Sutton 24, Darnell Mooney 25, Juju 26. I think he, he could be in that range yeah, no, for sure. And maybe, like, I, I don't know. He, he's definitely in that area. Um, so, yeah, to me, if if I can draft – I out of all the rookie wide receivers, if, if you're going to draft a rookie wide receiver this yeah. year, it's going to be Traylon Burks. He just, he just walks into a – yeah. And, and there are going to be people who in redraft leagues who, who who play in dynasty leagues who follow this who really like guys like Garrett Wilson and really like yes. like um, me like Rick yeah another burner <laughs> who, burner who account. say it again I'll have another burner account for oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but for uh, Garrett Wilson or even yeah. you know guys like Jamison Williams, who people really like, Sky Moore, yeah. Christian Watson, I think sure. you're going to see go. Oh, Sky Moore! Oh my gosh! Yeah, oh, fly up boards, fourth round. And I feel like you're going to see all these guys get drafted in in redraft leagues really, really high because people know that. But then when the time comes. You know, when the season starts and you get through the season, everyone's going to be looking at like, a, you know, a Traylon Burks as the guy who ends up producing year one. And it's just us looking at opportunity. You know, you have all of these vacated targets on the Tennessee Titans of guys who just walked away, you know, or they got cut. And like, what was what did you say? It was 355, three something. Yeah. So like, like that. Like, even if you. One. 351. So if you were to say, okay, let's split that right down the middle. Let's split 150 right down the middle between, or 300 right down the middle between Traylon Burks and Robert Woods. Mm-hmm. That's 150 each. And there's still 50 plus vacated targets. Yeah. So. Do I think do I think Robert Woods and do I think Traylon Burks are going to get 150 targets or 175 targets? A pe- no, no. But there's I also Austin think, Hooper there now as well. Who could demand right. a small target share? So I think that you're going to see Traylon Burks <clears throat> get a decent target share. I think 120 is safe. That's a safe estimate, and uh, it just mm-hmm. depends on efficiency and how good he ends up being year one to figure out what kind of production he's going to get. So I think I think this guy's definitely pegged as a as a guy that could really shatter people's expectations for what you know is going to happen. Um, right. Let's move on to number three. Is Drake London another wide receiver? And this guy actually comes in close second. I think the Atlanta Falcons, where where Tennessee, they still have Derrick Henry. They still have Ryan Tannehill. They still have a good offensive line. They have some good pieces there. Their offense is going to be decent, um, and they're going to move the ball. Atlanta, on the other hand, just traded Matt Ryan. They brought in Marcus Mariota slash Desmond Ritter this offseason, and I don't know what Atlanta's offense is going to look like for 2022. Um, It could be just a complete and utter dumpster fire. Yeah. And if that's the case, I'm not really feeling Drake London year one. So that's devil's advocate. But there's a lot of vacated target share there as well. And with um, Calvin Ridley being out for basically the whole season because of the gambling thing, um, and them also losing Russell Gage, among others, there's a lot of vacated targets there that will clear up for Drake London when he comes in. So he could be a 120 to 140 target guy as well year one and could shock people. I remember, you know, Rick and I both remember that season that Terry McLaurin did this where he went to yes. a team that blew and ended up with a decent season, wide receiver 16 or 17 in his rookie season. And uh, at the time, before all of these crazy rookies started coming in and, and blowing us out of the water with where they produced, um, that is something I see Drake London having the capability of doing, where he goes to Atlanta, has this opportunity, excels with the opportunity, and then you know becomes a top 20 wide receiver, probably low-end wide receiver <clears throat> to status, mm-hmm. and provides for your fantasy team at least as a flex. So 
Like, I'm not saying draft him. I don't know where he's going in redraft. And in the next couple weeks, we'll do our first rookie mock draft. I mean, our first mock draft for redraft. But um, London, if he's going late, late, is a good investment as a, you know, as a guy that may or may break out at some point in the first, like, six weeks of the season um, and have some success. He's just capped production-wise because of the quarterback situation and the fact yes, that yeah. his offense is not going to be good. Yeah, that, that's the biggest problem with London is uh, the offense isn't going to be good. I don't think the Titans are going to be that great either, but it'll be better than Atlanta's offense. Um, they also have a lot of vacated targets. Again, I don't know if it's 100% accurate, but two, it says 287. I know Russell Gage is gone. Um, I don't know. Maybe I guess Calvin Ridley, Mike Davis is gone. So yeah. there is some targets there vacated. Um and I think Drake London should be good for uh, 100 plus targets as well. Mm-hmm. Just a poor offense, but um, other than Kyle Pitts, who who is Mariota throwing the ball to? Right. I mean, literally nobody. And they threw the ball 573 times last year. I don't know if they're going to throw the ball the same amount. I would guess like 550 mm-hmm. with Mariota. Um, and Cordell Patterson obviously gets. Uh, he had about 69 targets last year, so he out of the backfield will be um, <clears throat> targeted. Kyle Pitts is going to be good for like 120 targets. Maybe. Um, but then after that, pro- yeah, I know he, I, he's probably going to have like 140 to be honest. Um, but after that, that leaves Drake London in line for like 110, 120 targets, uh, somewhere to trail on Burks, um, which as you said, is I think what kind of what McLaurin did his rookie year around yeah. there. So um, I, I think London is a very safe, solid pick. Mm-hmm. If you're going to take a rookie, um, I don't know what his ceiling is because again, what, what Mariota is going to do. But, but the bright side with London is he's going to be a red zone threat. Mm-hmm. So even if his team kind of sucks, like he he's going to demand so many passing touchdowns that as long as Mariota throws like twenty, London could get like six or seven of them, which would be a decent number. Yeah, right. Or they throw twenty as a team. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, but. If London will probably it'll be London or Pitts, but I, I would feel not like be London. surprised if he like if he does you know three or four touchdowns, but still ends up a wide receiver too because of the just the sheer work that he's getting yardage wise. Sure. So the type of player London is though, yeah. Like he's, I feel like he's going to be the red zone threat. I could be wrong, but right. But yeah, there's gonna be there's gonna be work for London. That's that's for sure. He's the clear he's the clear number three guy though. I think I, like yeah. after the top three for the rookies, I think there's a little bit of a drop off. For, but yeah, if you're gonna get a rookie uh, wide receiver, yes, for 2022 for redraft this year. Um, but Lon- London is a solid option. Okay, let's talk about the fourth guy who is Kenneth Walker. Running back for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, he got drafted somewhere in the middle of the second round, I believe. Um, so, obviously, there's some value there. Uh, there is some concerns to start off with Kenneth Walker. I like the player. Uh, he was my, mm-hmm. at times, he was my RB1 pre-draft. And um, I just wanted to see where his landing spot was. Obviously, not the greatest landing spot in Seattle. They got rid of Russ this offseason, added Drew Locke, who um, they believe in, but I don't know if anyone else does. Um, but I yeah. think I think for me, when I look at the Seattle Seahawks situation, there's, there's two issues that kind of arise. 
Um, the first one is Chris Carson, Rashad Penny still happened to be in existence in Seattle. And he walks into the room most likely as the third running back, which is not a good starting point. Um, he is a second round pick. So I think that second round value will push him up. I think they'll keep Penny and maybe cut Carson if I had to guess, but he's one of those guys. I feel like at some point in the season, he's going to take over. He kind of reminds me of like a Javante Williams last year who joined a heavy backfield on a team that really didn't have the best offense. And, um, you know, who turned into having some decent fantasy matchups and decent fantasy production. So we'll see what Kenneth Walker can do. It might take a couple of weeks for him to kick into high gear, but I definitely am not afraid of drafting him. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think the second problem is Seattle is not going to be a good football team. They're not going to be a good offense. Now, maybe I'm wrong and Drew Locke ends up being really good and DK Metcalf, you know, brings his game through the roof and all Drew of a sudden Locke throws 50 touchdowns yeah, all of a sudden Drew Locke ends up running an offense that get, ends up being good and walkers in the backfield just shredding everything up and there there could be a situation where that happens but most likely you know Seattle is going to not be a great offense this year and mm-hmm. that might cap what you get from Kenneth Walker um but I think there's some there is definitely some stuff there where if if he does have a good year and he takes over the starting role, just with the sheer amount of volume that he could get because Seattle runs the ball so much, I think it's a good thing for Kenneth Walker. And I think he could take a lot of work and end up being somewhere in the RB two range, you know, probably a little bit lower than Brees Hall, but but be in that in that range. And I think he's gonna be more of a value pick over Brees Hall where People are going to take Brees Hall and start sweating. Kenneth Walker is probably going to be a seventh or eighth round pick, so he's a little more, a little bit more valuable. But I, yeah, that's why he's the fourth guy. Yeah, if if Walker is there in like the seventh eighth round, I think mm-hmm. that is um, very solid value for him. Um, <clears throat> my only problem with C- Seattle, even mm-hmm. for this year, it's not really about the depth chart because I do agree it could be like a Javante situation where yeah. you know uh, it starts off very crowded, but. Walker ends up being the best guy. And I think he will um, end up showing that like Chris Carson to me, I don't even know if he makes the team this year uh, with his injury history uh, and his age. And then Penny, obviously I think we'll probably get the first look, but Penny is, you know, an injury away from Mm -hmm. being out of it. So Walker is going to get the opportunity. Uh, I think I just, I just agree with you with the Seattle offense, like Drew Locke. I don't see, being that great, uh, and the Seattle offense wasn't even great. That great. No, last I, I never said it was going to be good. Oh no, I said I agree. Oh, okay. I thought you said I disagree. I'm like, oh, I, I must have talked too much about a possible breakout for Drula. No, 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 no. Um, I mean, you're right. It could have. You did say it could happen. It, yeah. it could, but I don't really see it happening. Um, but yeah, last year Seattle's offense was like 19th or 20th in terms of overall total offense, that was Russ Wilson playing like 12 games. Uh, He didn't play the whole year, but Mm. still he played in a good chunk of it. Uh, And then in terms of total plays ran. So Seattle last year threw the ball 495 times and ran the ball 413. They were dead last in the NFL and plays ran. Do you think that's going to change with Pete Carroll? Um, Not at all. So if you're not a good offense and you don't run a lot of plays, 
it's kind of a recipe for disaster. Like I do think Walker is going to get um, a lot of touch. Like he could get 200 carries right off the bat. Um, I'm just, I'm just very concerned about the situation there in Seattle, but I do think he has a good value, especially if he's going that late in redraft. Um, and he's definitely worth a flyer shot. Um, I just, I'm just concerned that, and also the passing game. And it's not, I'm not one of the people that believes that Walker can't catch the ball in the backfield. Mm-hmm. Um, but Seattle is another team that, like, you think Drew Locke's going to dump it off? Every they're going to just chuck it down the field with Metcalf. To be honest with you, yeah, that's true. I think Gino might dump it off, but yeah, I feel like Locke will just throw a bunch of hail marys. <laughs> no, I know those ten interceptions. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I'm okay with taking Kenneth Walker and redraft, but there's a reason he's number four for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about the next so guy, number five for this year. For this, All right, number yeah. five. Uh, Chris Olave. And so, that you know, you might be like, well, <laughs> where's Sky Moore? Garrett Wilson. Not here on this list. Um, Christian Watson and Garrett Wilson, all are guys that I do like. Yeah. But I don't think they're going to be. Just redraft. Like, for Garrett yeah. Wilson, I'm just a little scared because <laughs> Wilson has to be good. Yeah. Yeah, for in order for him to be good this year, right? And good. you also have Elijah Moore there, who had a good season this sure, season prior, sure. and, and you still have Corey Davis and some other things. Sure. So, um, and then Sky Moore's over there, and you might think that's a good situation for him, um, but he's basically just Clyde Edwards-Helaire at the wide receiver position for the Chiefs. I think guys like Juju, Miko Hardman are going to take a lot of work. You still got Travis Kelsey there, so it's more than so. Likely- yes, and I think Juju will as well. Well, I'm not a Hardman guy, but um, but but no, I I think all of those guys are going to have a factor, and I don't know that Sky Moore in his rookie season is going to shatter things. Sure, and I think people sure are going he, to I don't think he will. him to because he's playing with Mahomes. Yeah, um, right. It's the same thing for Christian Watson, who also happens to be an honorable mention as well. Um, he, I think Watson though. Yeah, go ahead, and then I'll make my point. Okay. I was going to say with Watson, I think he'll struggle maybe a little bit because the Packers have like the right of passage and Rogers has to trust you. So that will take time. But I think there is a chance Watson second half of the season could be like the Brandon Ayuk type of run. Um, What Ayuk did in his rookie year where he had like six straight weeks of 10 plus points, but it took him a while. And I think Elijah Moore was like that last year, wasn't he? Yeah. He had like, it took him like half the season, but he then had a run of multiple double digit point weeks. I think Christian Watson could be like that this year, but it'll take him some time to get going. Yeah. So those guys are are definitely good players, but the guys that we listed here, we think have the best opportunity to have 2022 success. Um, so Chris Olave makes that list for us. Yes. Uh, I think Jameis Winston is a decent quarterback. We've seen him quarterback his way to um, – Mike Evans and Chris Godwin both having top yes. 15 wide receiver seasons. So a guy like Mike Thomas coming back isn't really going to hurt Chris Olave. There is no one else in that receiver core that I would be worried about, not even close to worry about. So right. Olave is going to be the number two wide receiver off the bat. We know Michael Thomas's injury history. And with that first round draft capital that the New Orleans Saints used, they use a first round pick on him, right? 11th overall. 11th overall with that draft capital, they are going to want to trade up to get him early and often. Mm -hmm. And because of that, there's a good chance that, 
um, we'll see Chris Olave have a decent rookie season. Now, this is a football team also that kind of moves the ball slow. If you look at uh, and and we'll we'll see if you know the offense is replicated the same way that it was with Sean Payton. I'm assuming that it's going to be because the he, he you know the same staff is basically there. Mm-hmm. Um, same OC, but for you know their offense. Like last year, there were games where Jameis Winston threw three, four, five touchdowns and only had 120 yards through the air, <laughs> and just I, it's stuff like that that's just like insane. So I don't know what it's gonna look like for them. Obviously, we need a four, you know, four thousand plus yard season, and maybe you know thirty plus touchdown season out of Jameis Winston in order for Olave to have you know, big, big success, especially when you have Michael Thomas on the other side of the field. But I think with yep. both of those guys, it, it'll draw attention away from Olave. Olave won't have that same kind of like, when you look at Traylon Burks, he's going to be the number one guy on the field for the Tennessee Titans. It's going to be hard for him because they're going to just throw bodies at him. You know what I mean? It's yep. good that they have Robert Woods on the other side, but I don't know that people fear Robert Woods. And uh, I just look at, I look at Chris Olave being in the same situation where, you know, he could end up like breaking out year one and having a really good season because he's in a, on a team with a decent offense, decent quarterback and can move the ball. Yeah, I agree. I think Olave just slides right in there as that wide receiver too on a decent team Mm -hmm. that can move the ball. Like you just said, so uh, he, he's, he doesn't have the ceiling of a London Mm -hmm. or a Burks to me. Um, but he can still slide in year one and see, you know, what did Devontae Smith have this year? What, 106 targets? Yeah. Um, I think you could see something like that where he could slide in, mm. get 100 targets, 106 targets, be the wide receiver two on a team that is not that bad. Um, and Winston can produce numbers um, and will probably throw a decent amount of touchdowns. He's, he's good for that. Uh, might throw a lot of interceptions, but it doesn't affect Chris Olave. So, yeah, they um, yeah, he's going to slide in. Uh, he'll have some good weeks. He'll be very solid. Um, and I think he's worth a shot there mm-hmm. and redraft and um, best ball and all those things. Uh, but if you are going to take a rookie receiver, I, I would definitely put London and Burks ahead of him for the upside. But again, Olave just slides right in there. And he's a solid player and a good fit for the Saints as well. And they traded up together. They traded up from 16 to 11 to make sure they got – him and they took him over Jamison Williams as well. So they clearly have faith in the prospect, in the yeah. player. So they're going to use him. Um, and he should have at least a decent rookie year. Yeah, I agree. Anything else on these guys? I think I would just say that the reason we put him ahead of uh, some of the other guys is I think uh, he just has that better shot, I guess, of producing your one. Good a sky more who a lot of people would disagree with us on, but that's why. Yeah. I don't, I I don't like, you know, I'm still drafting Garrett Wills. There's a lot more competition over there too. So I I don't know. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's going to be challenging for them. But anyway, um, there you have it. Top five rookies for the 2022 fantasy football season. Brees Hall, Traylon Burks, Drake London, Kenneth Walker, Chris Olave, a lot of interesting guys. This is the last time we'll talk about rookies. They'll mixed in with our redraft content, which starts next week. Uh, thanks mm. for listening, guys. We'll see you Tuesday. See you. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. 
Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at TheFFChamps.